Stafford keeps throws. Touchdown, Higby. Stafford end zone pass is caught. Touchdown, Higby, his second. One batted up and intercepted by Ramsey. A juggle all the way into the end zone and the interception. Backpedaling as he throws and Cup has got it. What a catch. Stafford end zone. Cup. He's got it for the touchdown. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of East Coast Rams. I'm here with my awesome co-host Zach Mayer. How is it going? Well, you know, uh, the week is, is getting a little better since Sunday's loss, kind of a somber week. Um, you know, it's been a week where we're all kind of like scratching our heads on what we saw. And, you know, it just it just seemed like it was a tough loss. You know, um, man, I don't. there's not a whole lot to say of it. You know, we, we should be celebrating that we were the division champs. Um, you know, the second time that that's happened in five years under Sean McVay. And, you know, we're, we're the fourth seed. But, man, that, that game really... Um, I think it just it put kind of a, like I said, it, it was just it made everything down for that night. Yeah, Zach, that um, typically with losses, I get sad or you could say depressed. Um, It is only a football game, but really it, typically with losses, that's how I feel. Um, This one made me angry. Jeez, did this one really make me angry, Zach. Like, I really wanted this win probably as much as most playoff wins, right? Um, um, It's just one of those things where I felt like our margin of error was so so high going into the third quarter, um, and theirs was so minimum. They had to have a perfect game to come back and win and they did in the second half and a few small mistakes were just magnified constantly by the 49ers. And it's just, it's irritating when Jimmy G turns into Tom Brady and I watch him in other games and he just can't make like amazing throws. And then he plays against us and just pinpoint accurate in some, like in some drives and it's just aggravating. No, I agree. It It is aggravating. And, you know, I, I've never seen, you know, Jimmy G as being this, this great quarterback. I mean, he's a, he seems more like kind of a fill in kind of a couple years. He's in there kind of, you know, waiting for the next person to kind of be the franchise quarterback for them. But, you know, they, they really got their running game, which allowed um, Garoppolo to not throw as much, um, which I think was also kind of a, a successful game plan, but um, but yeah, it was, it was not a good game. Uh, we thought it was, it looked like it was, it, the start was, was looking like it was going to be a great game for, for the Rams fans, but it just turned out to kind of be a complete flip on its head and not really sure where we were going at after the second half. Well, the, the thing is like going into the middle of the second quarter, like going into the second quarter you get such a great opportunity to run away with this game and we end up just stagnating. Um, And I think the game turned near the end of the second quarter, Zach, and uh, we'll we'll go ahead and start breaking down uh, the game and move into our first uh, segment where we start talking about the individual quarters. 
Um, in general, the Rams get a field goal in their first possession. They dominate on defense in the first and second uh, quarters. Uh, they get a really, really good touchdown. Um, some really nice hands by Tyler Higby this game, Zach. I think we both can agree that he just played out of his mind. Uh, yeah, for sure. For, definitely in the first half. I mean, he he got those first two touchdowns. Um, you know, to me, going in the first quarter, I was actually kind of nervous. Um, we had two back-to-back third and long plays where, you know, we had a Cooper Cup catch and a um, OBJ catch. I think it was in the opposite order. Um, but the, the best thing that we were doing was taking time off the clock. You know, every team has been doing that to us is, you know, we we would get on the field, we would be three and out, and then they would eat up six to nine minutes of the clock. And then we had to work in this time constrained um, portion. And I think the Rams definitely did a better job this time in the first two quarters eating up the clock. Mm. Um, yeah, very ahead. methodical drives. And I feel like, Zach, that's that's something that when McVay puts his mind to it, he is one of the best at designing methodical drives. But the problem is... Well, I, maybe you disagree with me, Zach, is sometimes I feel like McVay gets greedy with Stafford and he calls a deep shot. And the, we have been, we've executed on some of them very well, but we've also been bitten in the butt. And against a type of team like 49ers, I don't see why you take a deep shot. This is starting in the third corner, uh, quarter. You take a deep shot when you have a team you know. If you let them in the game, guess what they're going to do? They're going to run the ball. you got to force them to pass, and Jimmy G will make mistakes. And guess what? He made mistakes when he was throwing. Um, he When he was had to be clutch, he did. But for the most part, in the fourth quarter, he didn't really have to pass much. And that's why we lost the game. We lost the game because we decided to take two deep bombs and neither of them panned out. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're talking about the one that was to Ben Skoranek and then the other one to OBJ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, we had such a good momentum in the first quarter you had, or the first two quarters, especially quarter two, when you got, um, you know, Two, you got you got the two touchdowns by Higby. You had the interception uh, by Taylor Rapp um, to give that second uh, touchdown. Um, they were doing a lot of trickery, you know. Especially uh, go, going kind of going back to the Higby, and I'll get to your point in a second. But like going back to the Higby play, they were doing trickery. That was a they had a thirteen personnel. They had you know um, they're kind of their jumbo front line where you're looking like this was going to be a run play and Higby just kind of comes out to the side, comes behind and gets like a little, you know, top pass and and scores a touchdown. There was, we lost that. It seemed like after the first two quarters, we, we just seemed to, to lose our fancy foothold. And, you know, we were just doing these deep plays and when that wasn't necessary, there were other plays available that were safer that still would have gotten us plenty of yards to convert first down or whatever, to keep moving that ball forward. We don't always have to take these deep shots and whether that's a McVeigh thing. Cause I mean, obviously it comes down to Stafford and which read he thinks is best, but you know, whatever it is, we need him to realize maybe we shouldn't look at the deep throw as the first option anymore. Like we need to move on and, and, you know, kind of get these, find a better play so that we don't hit these interceptions every time. Well, let me start off with saying, at least in my opinion, Stafford didn't lose us this game. 
but he didn't win it for us. And I looked at those interceptions a few times, a good amount of times, and they were both relatively open. Uh, the Ben Skoranek one, which on live TV, I thought it wasn't open at all. But no, he was behind both defenders as long as uh, instead of throwing the fade, they throw the post. If Stafford throws more of the post on the very edge of the uh, left side of the, um, you know, out of bounds, if he throws it right there on the white line and lets Skoranek catch it, it's a 40-yard pass. Uh, but he doesn't do that. He underthrows it somewhat, and this is a recurring theme with Stafford. He has the arm, but sometimes he miss. I don't know if he's misjudging the throw. I don't know if he just doesn't have, like, I think he has the arm to make the distance. He just doesn't get it to where it needs to be. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of concerned. Like, it, it seems like he hasn't had that problem with Van Jefferson or Cooper Cup. But it is the, I would say, the newer players. It's OBJ and, you know, even Ben Skoranek, who's, you know, you know, wide receiver four. It's those two players that he seems to be missing more down the stretch. He um, probably doesn't trust them. It, it could be. I mean, it also could be that he doesn't, you know, yes, he, they've been practicing for six or probably eight weeks now with OBJ. But like OBJ still has the speed like they needed someone with the speed and, you know, Van Jefferson was kind of going to be playing that role on top of in now OBJ, but like it, maybe he doesn't realize how quickly he's going to get to that route. I, I don't know. I, but it, these are plays that need to be corrected and they need to be fixed. Well, I can live with one in a game, right? Like one is understandable. You're going to take shots sometimes down field, but if you're going to do that, like after you do one, you got to be careful on the second one well, and you don't want to make the same mistake twice. And he did. Both of them were underthrown, um, which surprised me about the Ben Skoranek one. I didn't expect Ben Skoranek to be able to run past the safety mm-hmm. uh, like he did. And he, he had a, a little bit of distance there. And if it's just right in the bread basket on the sideline, uh, he gets a good gain, and with the OBJ one in overtime, um, the one that makes me mad about that is again o- OBJ would have been it would have been really close, closer than the Skoranek one. He could have possibly caught it if it was again like a, a post or if he does a fade just perfectly. It, it would have been a really hard catch and throw. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really makes me angry about it is if you go and look in middle of the field. Cooper Cup is relatively open for NFL standards, and he probably gets 20 to 40 yards, depending on his rack. Uh, for sure. And and um, you were talking about the Ben Skoranek one, correct? The, uh, Cooper OBJ. Cup was open on the OBJ, the OBJ. second one. Uh, OBJ, OBJ, so was Michelle. And Sonny Michelle was open for, uh, you know, the, the short route, but he still would have got the first down. You know, so both those players were open, and so it was just – I don't know. It was just one of those things where I, I wasn't um, super happy. I, and realistically, we should have only had one interception. Like we, sh- it should never have even gotten to the overtime. And we can kind of we can kind of break that down too um, if we want. There is there is no reason we should have been in that position uh, to begin with. I mean, we were well, leading I mean, 17-0. I get the defense is kind of you know getting getting their rhythm back or losing a little bit of rhythm, and they scored a couple touchdowns. Not a big deal. But man, that last two minutes, I I was mad. 
I was mad at our defense. I was mad at our offense. I was mad at Sean McVay for calling three run plays in a row when it hasn't been working all night. Um, if yeah. I was mad, that's where I was mad at. Yeah, I mean, like, he should have called play action on second or third down. Like, at least try it, and guess what? Tell your QB, tell Stafford, take a play action, and if nothing is open, just take a sack or go down and just fall down on the ball. Because guess what? It does the same effect. It doesn't matter to Johnny Hecker that at that point you're trying to waste time um, or a timeout. And, yeah, but have, if there's something open, you take the first down. Have, and, have Sony Michelle stay in the back and toss it to him and run backwards out of bounds. Something to keep the clock running or um or like you said or just take the sack and let them have their one their one um their one time out if necessary yeah there there's so many things that i mean the 49ers did get a few lucky breaks the fact that that pass uh by debo samuel was bobbled and it perfectly went back into his hands that's just luck like he he caught it, which is good. He caught his own bobble, but if that just tips like half an inch any other direction, he drops the pass. For sure. Um, it's just one of those things where they get a few lucky breaks. They win two coin tosses. I, I just feel like when we get unlucky breaks with the Niners, we have to be perfect for the whole game. Yeah. And in order to beat that team, we're going to have to be perfect. Uh, if we play them in the playoffs, which is possible, um, if both them and the Eagles win and we win, we would be playing the 49ers, which would be nuts at home. So the crazy thing is the Rams could theoretically play at home the entire playoff structure, but that would require playing the 49ers and then playing uh, the Eagles after that, which would be nuts. That would be a definitely a topsy turvy playoff scenario for the NFC for sure. I mean, that's taking out the Bucks, um, taking out the Bucks and Dallas and Green Bay. Yeah, yeah that that would be the Eagles beating uh, the Bucks, right? The Bucks and then beating Green Bay at Green Bay. Yeah, wow, man. I don't know if that's that seems really hard to do these days. <laughs> Yeah, but either way, going back to this game, it was, like I said, it made me angry. We shouldn't have gone to overtime, and in overtime, uh, I kind of knew we were going to lose this game the second it went into overtime, and we didn't get the ball. Um, right. I, I mean, congratulations to the defense for getting a stop. They did their part in overtime. That's really all you can ask. Uh, especially the way the 49ers were kind of running over them all of the fourth quarter. I, I give them credit for getting that stop. The offense just has to take what is given. And I feel like Stafford needs to get better at that. I feel like we went from last year, Zach, going to a QB that all they did was take check downs and short passes to now all like, we just moved the pendulum all the way over to the other extreme and Stafford is a little bit too willing to take the shot when he should just do the check down. 
Yeah, and you know, I'm not, I'm not. Again, I think we both said that this wasn't really Matthew Stafford's fault of a game. Number one, I, I, I truly believe we should have only had one interception. He did have two, granted, uh, but the O line did nothing to help him at all. He was, he was constantly under pressure, constantly having people come from all sides, up the middle, on the sides. They were just blowing right through the offensive line when most of the time it was just four on five, and they just kept coming right in and kept pressuring him and. Um, so our, our O line has to play better. That's just has to play better going forward. We had no injuries. Everyone was healthy. There was no excuse for not, not allowing, giving Stafford, Matthew Stafford enough time. Well, granted, Brian Allen did play pretty badly this game, but like, look at how the 49ers were able to adapt with their 40, with their O line having injuries and our D-line really good, really causing issues, but that's why I like Shanahan, the way he play calls more than McVay. I feel like McVay is a better play designer, but Shanahan is better at play calling because he realizes when his line's having trouble, he knows how to dictate the defense, like with his stretches, with his um, jet sweeps, with the quick passes designed to cause the defense to kind of go horizontally instead of trying to rush up the middle and we just invite those rushes when we just do so many dropbacks I get the run wasn't working I understand that from Sean McVay's point of view so do something that supplements the run do some screens I I think we had a Higby screen that was really good and we only did that once and and we had a we had one Cooper Cup kind of jets uh, jet sweep around which gave eighteen yards and we didn't go back to that at all. We've we've kind of left since Robert Woods, um, you know, kind of got his injury. We've kind of left the uh, jet sweep out. You know, um, uh, Van Jefferson has had a couple which really weren't successful. Uh, we haven't Cooper Cup's done some that that have been successful. Some of them maybe two or three yards, but this one he had one in this game that was eighteen yards. And we've kind of lost that. If we can't, if we can't have Sony Michelle go up the middle um, and get us five, six, seven yards, you know, it, it seems like we just collapse. And like, that's either now that's all we do. We either throw the ball or we push it up the middle and we don't try to go out. And that's why this 49ers were so successful. And as you mentioned, they had their offense instead of trying to go up the middle or just off to the side, they were just tossing the ball. They were tossing it out so Debo could go, you know, wide right or wide left um, or Mitchell, same thing. And then so they were just opening up more and more plays. At one point, they had like eight running plays in a row, um, eight or ten running plays in a row. And that's just that's crazy. Um, and that's that's why they were successful, because Garoppolo didn't have to throw as much in the second quarter or second half. Mm -hmm. yeah and I just think it's very very aggravating when like something clearly hasn't worked and like McVay tries to force a square peg in a round hole right mm -hmm. like he kept on calling these plays where Sony Michelle it would be quick out to Sony Michelle and he was just dropping them yeah I, I mean I, I've said over the last couple of games I, he's not like he is our I, I trust him with that ball rushing that ball over and over and over again I still have yet to really trust him as being a pass receiver he should just like we should not be dropping empty with with him on the field he should stay and protect as we've saw last night or on Sunday he needs to stay back with Stafford and just protect Stafford if need be or 
run off to the side. If, if he's not getting that pressure, like he doesn't need to be there, run off to the side so that we can at least get a few yards if we need to. Um, but he doesn't need to be a mid to deep or, you know, middle threat. Um, in my opinion, he's just, he hasn't been that reliable as far as the receiving goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to quarter two, where we talk, uh, specifically about the offense, Zach, um, Stafford had a solid day, 238 yards, three TDs and two interceptions, um, I mean, all I'll say about this is it, it's not necessarily on him. He had two really bad deep bombs. Um, but besides that, I thought he played solid enough that we should have won this game with how he played. And in comparison to how Jimmy G played, like they shouldn't have won with how he was playing. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the first quarter, you know, Matthew Stafford left the first quarter with two touchdowns, was 15 for 16, uh, no no interceptions at that point. Um and, you know, it's like, oh, man, we're getting the Stafford, you know, we're getting the, you know, the the Stafford from the Cardinals game. We're getting, you know, we're getting, you know, the Stafford that we've we've been waiting for. And we knew that he was like we knew we know he's a good quarterback. We know he can throw the ball. We know he he can handle the ball well. Um, and then just something happened on the other end. And um, whether our defense couldn't couldn't hold the line, you know, they broke more than they they were just bent um and our offense just couldn't get more of a rhythm going they had a really nice play when it was 17 17 getting the ball down the field chewing up that clock um and things like that but you know again once once they kind of stagnant a little bit they they couldn't just keep that momentum and it was partially because they couldn't get the running game going well, I mean, it's one of those things where McVeigh got so conservative and when the running game clearly isn't working, he wasn't like, I feel like if we were down starting going into the second half, we win this game because McVeigh held back until the 49ers tied and you instantly saw him change how he was play calling the game. It's mm-hmm. like, I get you want this win a lot, but if you play wait he was playing not to lose instead of to win and when you play a call like that I feel like McVeigh just he plays into the hands of his opponents it's like they your run game at least in the context of this game you haven't been able to run the ball at all then it's like when we have games where we're averaging like six yards a carry, eight yards a carry, he refuses to run the ball. But in this game, he decided to continually try to run the ball for a yard or two and just punt away back to a 49ers team that's clearly wearing out our defense. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was – our offense just didn't it, – it, it has its moments. Like you said, the first half looks great. It looks like we – we are a Super Bowl contending team. Second half looks like you know we're, we 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 don't know what we're doing, and that's just so frustrating. About like the end of the game, you leave this game and you're like, we're the division champs. We're in the playoffs in the fourth seed. Um, you know our our record is twelve and five, and yet we still feel like we just we lost we lost everything in this game. Um, we we got we got ways to get back and we'll we can con, we can continue down the road. Let's try to we'll, let's get some upbeats a little bit. You know we had Higby. He had his six yards, fifty five yards, um, six receptions, fifty five yards and two touchdowns. Cup seven uh, receptions, one hundred eighteen yards, 
one touchdown. Uh, like I said earlier, he carried the ball and had 18 wins yards. The, he wins the triple crown. Yep, he got the triple crown. He didn't break, you know, the records, but uh, fourth but all time. Well, right. correct, yeah, fourth all time. But he didn't break, you know, the the single reception yard or the single receptions or the um, the uh, total yards, but still winning the triple crown, fourth uh, person ever to do it. That's a, it's a great accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cooper Cup. Um, if you win the triple crown, only four people have ever done that. Ever just that's all and includes cup. So that's that's an impressive accomplishment. Um I, I really feel like at minimum he's probably gonna end up winning offensive player of the year. And I hope he does. He deserves it. He's worked his tail off. I mean, for you coming into the season, no one predicted he would be a triple crown winner and Uh, I know Rams fans have always had a soft spot in their heart. I always have had for Cup. I've just loved him since the day we drafted him. And, man, what a pick. What a pick in the third round to get a triple crown winner. Yeah, he's a special player. And, you know, we all felt for him when, you know, we were on the Super Bowl run and he was out with his injury. And, uh, you know, again, I've said this on the podcast many times, but, you know, he – if he was on the field, I have no doubt we probably we would have been either a way more competitive or we would have won that game. Like he's that special player who's, you know, he was always third in cup, you know, you know, especially with golf on the field. You know, he was always third in cup. We It was almost a go to that he would be the person to go to on third down. I'm just disappointed that I can't find a uh, an autographed hardly any autographed of Cooper Cup left on the Internet. It seems they're just all gone. And I'm really disappointed in it. Yeah, people are buying it up the resale. Yeah, and I, I just assume now that he's triple crown winner that anything they add to you know whatever fanatics or whatever that that they're gonna jack up those prices now significantly now that he's triple crown winner because you know they can. Hey, uh, he's earned the bag, as I like to say, and uh, all you better all get a lot of him. those profits. Yeah, and then uh, a not-so-great stat line by Sony Michelle, 21 carries, 43 yards. Um, they're loading up to stop the run, and really we got a lot of our success when we had quick to intermediate developing routes. That's If you looked at our passing chart, it was like medium routes or quick routes were our bread and butter in this game, and if we would have stuck to that more – probably would have won for sure for sure you know like you know we kind of we kind of mentioned that like that's where they they seem to really be picking it up you know in the first two drives um they or in the first drive that they did they got hit with a third and seven got it to got it to coop or obj whichever one and then did it again um on another third and long um and it was in the it was in the middle of the field you know only gaining maybe like 12 to 15 yards but that's a good number just to keep just keep knocking those 15 yards and you'll make it down the field in no time. So mm-hmm. um, definitely need to work on it. Uh, but do you want to talk about who we got back this week? Yeah. Uh, Cam makers. Uh, but let's be honest. Uh, he did not look 100%. Um, I'm happy he played it, That's a great thing. I love cam makers. I hope he recovers. He just doesn't look viable right now. I, you know, I, and I, I don't disagree. I don't think he was hundred percent. Number one, it was a defense that was stopping the run, um, in a way that, you know, do you really want to, 
you you know put your you know potential um you know running back for the future um especially when he's just recovering from an Achilles uh injury um I always thought he wasn't going to be used for very for a lot I thought he was going to be used very minimally just to kind of get him back into the game and I think that's where we I think that's where we got him um I think he's going to have a a bigger role um, coming into this game because you know this game is now make or break if you don't win you're done um, and they need to have all weapons ready to go we can't play this conservative game anymore we have to push the push the envelope and I think Cam Akers can be ready um, they just need to put him in the opportunity to 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 make the play um, so that's my thought mm-hmm all right, Zach, let's go ahead and break down some Rams news. And there was uh, quite a bit in the last uh, few days. Shocking we, news. Shocking y- news. Yeah, shocking. And uh, as uh, as I, uh, as I we record on a Thursday night, uh, we got a very, very interesting cryptic tweet. What was it? Tuesday night? from one Jalen Ramsey and you know the the Twitter was buzzing Zach and um when I saw it I I didn't really know where he's going with it because I didn't ex- I did not want Antonio Brown and I didn't think it would be him at all so I was like I don't know who else could be relatively out there and it turns out the Rams sign Eric Weddle the same Eric Weddle from 2019. And um, I, I'll listen to your thoughts about it, Zach. Uh, clearly, I am not very high on this news at all. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where when he was on the Rams team, you know, uh, a couple seasons ago when they brought in Weddle and they brought in Clay Matthews and stuff like that, it was like, all right, I think we're trying to bring an all-star team together, but it didn't feel like an all-star team. Um, and that's also the, around the same time uh, in 2019 when we got Ramsey and things like that. Now we feel like we have an all-star team when we bring in Von Miller, um, you know, and OBJ and, and all these things that written Matthew Stafford, it feels like we really have that all-star team. Um, but now bringing in Weddle, I, you know, I have this mixed emotion cause I actually like Weddle. I think he, I think he was a really good safety when he was with the Ravens, but again, he was getting, um, he was getting up there in the age and, you know, that is always a concern. I mean, we have Whitworth and we love Whitworth and he's the oldest offensive lineman uh, or left tackle. Um, and so, you know, it's, I'm not, I, I think he's going to do well. And he, apparently he's kept up um, his fitness and his, his toughness and things like that. So I'm, I'm really interested to see. Um, I'm, I, I am shocked that they're bringing him in, but at the same time, when you kind of think about it, you're like, okay, we need to bring someone who we can onboard quickly. And so, so who is out there? And they're probably looking at, because and we'll, we'll talk about, we still got to talk about the two injuries because we have, you know, two um, safeties, which is the reason why they brought him um, into this. Um, why? So I think they wanted someone who knew the Ram system. They knew most of the players. I, I again, I know the, you know, um, when Weddle was playing, we were under uh, uh, Wade Phillips 
kind of defensive mind. Um, and, you know, we're kind of two defensive coordinators away from that. But having someone who knows most of the defenders, um, I mean, at least knows Ramsey, he knows um, Aaron Donald, um, you know, he, he has the players and, you know, a lot of that defense still is the same because it has those players. But I think they wanted some someone who had a veteran. They, they reached out and said, hey, are you um, are you are you physically capable? Um, you know, not to go on a rant and me keep talking, talking, talking about this. But I think uh, Raheem Morris actually reached out to him and said, um, you're not fat, are you? <laughs> like, I, I can't remember the direct quote, but basically it was like, you're you're still in shape, right? You're not fat. You're in shape. Right. And um, and so, yeah, I, I think this is a move that they thought this was a, a safe move that they he could they could bring in a veteran safety um, to kind of help. um Terrell Burgess um, and who's our other leftover state? Who's our other fourth safety? Um, uh, Nick Scott. Nick Scott um, to help them out um, as well as um, being a, being able to be a rotation if they need to. So they signed um, him to the practice squad. Um, uh, yeah, definitely. Nick Scott needs help. Oh gosh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean. I'll I'll say this about him. I mean, for depth, I think it's fine. I don't want him starting even over Nick Scott. Like he got he just got roasted so much. Like I don't know what else to say. He had a few good games. He was a great tackler, but the problem is that it, he just got beat over top so much in 2019. It drove me nuts. Because, like, any time a team needed a big play, they would just go to their fastest wide receiver and just have someone have an underneath route or medium route, pull him down a little bit, and he would just get, like, just completely beat uh, when he was playing with us. Like, I I actually really liked the way Clay Matthews was playing when we signed him, at least until his injury. Eric Weddle, to me, just never really lived up to that billing. Even as an older player, he just wasn't playing that smart when he was with the Rams. I Do hope you, I'm wrong. I, I hope he gets like two or three pick sixes in the middle of the playoffs. I I'll, I will eat my words now. I just don't. Do you think that this, that bringing him in and if he does play, like I said, I think he will I, I definitely for this first game, he's going to be limited rap uh, raps uh, reps, sorry, reps. Um, <laughs> and so, cause we are limited in raps. Um, so, do you think that he could be helpful in the sense that, you know, maybe, maybe in, w- in what you're saying, like it's hard for him to cover a receiver cause you know, but, but maybe he could help come forward when there is a running play to kind of stop the runner before he gets to the, like being able to be, be a better tackler than some of the uh, safeties that we have. Cause you know, in the prior weeks, you know, throughout this whole season, you know, rap has made plays. He has, he's caught several interceptions, um, he's, he's been able to break up plays, but when it comes to, you know, a short pass, um, to a, a receiver, safety. yeah, box safety, somebody who can like put their shoulder in and stop them from, you know, continuing to gain yards. Do you think that that's a position that Weddle could be useful in? I mean, if you want to use him as like a star almost, and but keep him on the inside and use him purely as kind of like a box safety, kind of like how we should, how I think we should have been using Rap all along. I don't think he should be a full safety or strong safety. I that's just not a strong suit. He he gets beat 
Oh, really? Like, they're very similar. Uh, at least older Weddle in, like, rap now. So I do feel like he could fill in if they choose to do that. I'm just really afraid of, like, if Nick Scott gets hurt and we have him as, like, strong safety. Oh, that's... So apparently, that would not be good. Yeah, so today was his first practice with the team. Um, and so there was kind of a miscommunication what was happening. Some people saying that he was acting as um, the uh, the signal caller for the defense um, because they were saying like, you know, he was um, I'm trying to go through some stuff that 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 he was going to be the signal caller to replace Fuller. Um, but but what he, the way, what they were referring to was um, the checks and calls that every defensive player is making. Like he was able to read those and didn't make any errors when going through today's walkthrough, which is something I think you want. You want someone who um, you know is able to analyze what's going on um, to be able to to know what the players are doing. So it's really good, at least that you know, at, at least for his first day. He's able to see what the defense have had the defense has, and he's not making any mental errors, at least, um, that people are noticing um when it when it comes to, you know, the defensive the defensive plays that are being called. Yeah, I just don't know if I want a player who's been out of the NFL for two years on the field during a big playoff moment. On top of that, being someone who the last time he was on the field it wasn't like he had a great, fantastic year. He was walking off in glory. He had 10 interceptions on the year, like a 50-plus pass breakups. No, he he was pretty mediocre with the Rams, and him being mediocre with the Rams mixed with being off for two years, like I'm just uh, – I hope it works out. I do too, you know, um, kind of let's, so the reason, again, let's kind of go through the reason why Eric Weddle's coming to the team. Um, you know, Jordan Fuller, he had an ankle injury, um, in the third quarter, which I think is another reason why our defense wasn't playing, um, you know, it's best work. Um, and then, uh, Taylor Rapp is currently under concussion protocol. Um, it is still TBD on if he will play on Monday, but at least we have the extra day. So maybe he'll at least be out there so that we do have a um, – so that we at least have Rap and Burgess. And I'm, I'm semi-confident if we have Rap and Burgess. Like, I really, really like Burgess. I don't know why he hasn't gotten the playing time that I feel like – because didn't Burgess start the first three or four games of 2020 and he was like lights out until his injury? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just because Fuller, Jordan Fuller has been, I mean, he's been excellent too. Um, And then Taylor Rapp, I don't know if they just feel like he's the more veteran player, even though I think this is year three for him. Um, And so they just gave it, they're giving it to him. I'm I'm not really sure how that all plays out, but no, I agree. I think Terrell Burgess is going to do a great job filling that role. Mm -hmm. Um, But whoever the the problem, the next problem is who's going to be their signal caller. Um, if Taylor Rapp can't play, um, you know, I know, uh, probably Ram- Ramsey, I know Ramsey was playing it, but there's a reason why sometimes corner, like why cornerbacks don't is because you got to remember if, I mean, you know, he may come back and start playing the star role, which I think God help us that he does that. But, um, 
But if he's on the one side, like on the one side of the field, it's really hard for him to help signal calls to the other side of the field or and even even to the uh, even to the middle of the field. So I don't know. I, I don't have I have faith in him that he is capable of being the signal caller. It just depends on where they put him and is if he's still able to communicate with the rest of the team, if he's has to slide to the end to cover, you know, wide receiver one. Um, that's just my concern, I think, for it. Mm-hmm. And um, moving on from that, uh, the NFL all pro team uh, came out or NFL.com. It's one of their analysts pro team and Ramsey, of course, Uh is not on it. I Zach, people are just stupid. If you don't see Ramsey as a top two cornerback, if not the best cornerback, just because he doesn't get picks. I want to look at, I, I I saw the list. And so I know Cooper cup is on it on the offense and Aaron Donald's on the defense. I'm kind of just wondering like, and I, again, like I would have to relook at that list, but maybe they just didn't want it to be Rams heavy. Like, I, I don't know, but um, that's like the only thing I can think of is like, they just didn't want it to be Rams. Heavy. They they put on the, the Cowboy safety uh, or DB who of course gets like a interception a game, but also gets burnt for like 170 yards a game. It's like, it's <laughs> all of these things like, you know, PFF also, and I, I, I didn't even put this in our rundown, but PFF also just put out that, um, that Aaron Donald is their defensive player of the year again. And that's seven years go seven years now, I think. Yeah, because I PFF, I don't hold it as the Bible. I feel like some of their metrics are a little weird, but it, you know, it, he should be the defensive player of the year for the last four years. It's and not. A, people, I mean, and it's not Homerish at all because I can look at Cooper Cup and not say he's the best wide receiver of all time. I can look at Matthew Stafford and be like, yeah, he didn't deserve to be in the Pro Bowl um like after a certain amount of weeks. I think he kind of deserved to be over Kyler Murray, but in general like like I can see how they put Kyler Murray in. But it like, completely I don't get how people don't understand that for a defensive tackle, what Aaron Donald has done this year and every year since he's been in the league is so unprecedented, so much higher than his peers in his position, that it is historic. It yeah. is historic. You know, when it comes to the, you know, the, whatever, the AP um, defensive player of the year, or what, you know, the, whatever the the main recognition from the NFL is, is, they look, it's a, it's a lot of times a popularity contest. And yes, Aaron Donald has won it multiple times and it's well-deserved, but a lot of times it is popularity contest. But when you look at, you know, even with the PFF, again, not, not to hold it up to a, the highest standard, but they grade things so much differently. And, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know all the specifics of their grading system, but, you know, I, you know, statistics that I want to see is how many times is another defender double or triple teamed? How many, you know, it, and it's just also the number of pressures that he puts. How many tackles for loss does he does he bring out? Uh, you know, again, also sacks, all those things. And, you know, again, Aaron Donald has all of these things. And as a combined unit, he is a threat on every team um, mm. against every team. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm biased, uh, obviously, but. Uh, well, I mean, like a few weeks ago, someone created a graph of all the age 
defenders and they showed their double team weight rate and their pass rush rate or win rate. So you had the double team, how much they were getting double teamed, uh, correlating with how often they win uh, their actual pass rushes. And guess what? They're they all in this nice graph, and you see all these edge rushers. You see a really good TJ Watt. You, you see a lot of people on top right, Nick Bosa being in top right. And then they need an entire – and someone added Aaron Donald to that. And they need an entire completely chart, an entire other chart. And even on that chart, he was in the top right. Mm-hmm. So that is how often he gets doubled and triple teamed, and he still has the highest pass rush win rate. Like it's just bonkers. It's bonkers. He would have tri- if he had constantly. I guarantee you, Zach, one on ones every snap. He would definitely break forty sacks a year. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, I mean, he he would he would be breaking the record of you know total number of uh, sacks out there. Um, it would be no question. It would be no question. Yeah. So I mean, congratulations, T.J. Watt for uh for uh what he tied the sack record. Um, he'll probably end up winning it because of that. Uh, but A.D. like we know we watch him every game, and I other regular NFL fans may not see it. Uh, like we do, but it's almost watching a highlight reel. Someone else's career highlight reel, just watching one game of Aaron Donald. And we will almost never see a player as dominant in his position as him ever again on our team. And for the consistency, the consistency year in, year out. For PFF, this is six years in a row that they've deemed him, by their stats, Defensive Player of the Year. Six years in a row with the above a 90, the lowest was a 92 point something was the lowest. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you know, he, he is the goat as far as defense goes, if not the a goat for the entire NFL. So, so we did, we did get a lot of positive news out. We're getting positive news out after this, this big, this, you know, the game previous. So I'm mm-hmm. glad we're getting that out. Yep, uh, talking about positive news, let's move on some defensive highlights. Uh, biggest positive of the game was, uh, I want to say the most impressive interception I've seen the last four years of watching Rams football, outside of that um, interception by Dante Dion that, that didn't count, that he was like a hair away from making. Um, that interception would have been better, but the Jalen Ramsey interception in this game, Zach, was so phenomenal. Such a hard play. Almost any other cornerback can't make that catch. And that was, I believe, either the first. It, the it first, was the first or, one. The I first believe. one when he when he got the signal caller. Oh, actually, no, no, no. So. The rap one was the first one. It, the rap one was the errant, like, Jimmy no, no, throw. no, sorry. I meant when he became signal caller. I think it was his first or second play after he became signal caller mm-hmm. that he got that interception. Yeah. Um, and oh my god, he hey, he tipped it basically, he tipped it to himself, was kind of the ending of that. He tipped the ball and then kind of like was like juggling to try to hold on to it because it was because he had to go backwards to get it. 
yeah super impressive mm-hmm uh rap had uh i mean it was an interception he didn't drop it uh did do you remember that dropped interception rap had like last year i think it was in tampa bay like he got thrown it in his face mask yeah yeah he I, just I do remember. dropped it uh i don't remember what game but uh, i'm happy he caught it um he should catch those uh it was a bad throw by jimmy I think G. this was his fourth interception of the year which is pretty good um, you know, and as much as we, you know, dig on rap, I mean, at, he's had four interceptions. I mean, two of them, I believe were like, Ducks. you know, they, yeah, I mean, they were like easy interceptions, but, um, but I know, I think the one with the Colts, um, that one was a good one. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think there was one a couple weeks ago too, that he had a, he had a pretty decent one. So I'm going to, I'm going to give rap some, some credit, especially since he's, you know, concussion protocol. Well, we're going to give him a little bit of a mm-hmm. edge there. Uh, uh, Von Miller makes a great play to get a sack and what I both me and you really thought ended the game. We we thought they weren't going to be able to drive down with a minute 30 and be able to get a touchdown at least. Yeah, I mean... We have great red zone defense, typically. Like, just fantastic red zone defense. And they just completely sliced us and diced us. And I... I will say, I think it was a mistake for McVeigh not to call a timeout after they got that uh, bomb on us, that 30-yard bomb. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Debo. Uh, it, it's a, you let them run up, you let them waste clock, yes. But the second they're about to snap, you need to call a timeout and let your defense kind of uh, catch your breath in that situation. It, especially, because, especially with um, Leonard Floyd. Cause he didn't even make, like they got, they got dinked for that. They got another um, five or 10 yards because he was off sides, which I think that was a bogus call. I actually thought he made it over the line beforehand. Well, yeah, he, you just gotta be more cognizant of being there in time, but either way, like it, he, McVeigh should have called a timeout. I don't get why coaches like there's nothing beneficial for you saving your timeouts in that point in time. And you let them, yeah, run up to line and waste clock, but you need to call timeout, especially when it looks like your defense just got gashed because you know what's going to happen next. They're going to just get another one right over the middle in that type of situation. Um, and you don't waste time by just getting a timeout. You make the offense double think what they're doing, and you give defense time to get a breather. So that's just something I hope we uh, fix on, and yeah. we don't go home because of it. Yeah, I mean our our defense. You know, I I give them probably a B, maybe even a B minus. I mean, they did get three. Um, they got three sacks. The Von Miller sack. Um, Reader had a sack. Ashawn Robinson had a sack, which was great. Um, but I think the biggest thing that was a detriment on the defensive side in the second half was the 13 missed tackles. They got to clean that up. They need to. And, and that's why I kind of was asking you about Weddle and if he would be good for, you know, they just seemed like they were just pushing through defender after defender, getting those first downs. In the, and it just, it just was irritating me that they just couldn't finish a tackle. Yeah, there there's a few plays where like they went for like 13 15 yards where they would only went for four or five if the first contact makes the tackle. I know not every person can make the first tackle, but you got to be physical. You got to fight them down and 
that's why we lose these 49ers games. They just come in and they want to punch us in the nose and we just don't ever respond. Um, this game, I'll give our team credit. The first half, they they responded. They remembered all that like grief they've gotten. And apparently people were like talking crap uh to one of, I think, a 49ers wide receiver saying that they, like, switched over the rivalry, that they're going to stop dominating them now. You can't start talking trash and then just get stomped on in the second half and lose an OT. Yep, for sure. You you, you got to finish it, and then you can talk trash. But, like, this, this is why the 49ers team don't, doesn't respect us anytime they play us they're more physical and you know they they win the game yeah and so to kind of conclude this before we talk about the next game preview the one thing that i think i was most disappointed about as soon as i started the game was the number of red in that building like Uh, when we were at the coliseum i was annoyed because the seats were red so it just made it look like more of a red stadium uh, especially when the 49ers were there but this is SoFi Stadium. This is the Rams Stadium, and it was just bleeding, purely just bleeding. And I was, I was already, I was annoyed at that point. It calmed me down at seventeen and nothing, but then it shot back right back up again towards the end of the game. Yeah, Kelly Stafford had a good point on her podcast. She said that Jimmy G was on a verbal count. And Stafford was on a silent count. And for people who don't understand, that that means the 49ers were they, they were acting like they were playing at home. And this was like a road game for us in yeah. our own stadium. That's it's just sad. It's just yeah. sad. And and so going into this week, we have this is our, you know, could be, you know, maybe not, but probably our last uh home game uh even going through the playoffs depending on how things go um and so that's the other concern this week is and i think uh, you know stafford's wife also said you know please rams fans don't sell your tickets to, to arizona fans um but at the same time cardinals have been playing way better away than they have been at home so you want to start diving into next game sure so yeah, so the Rams uh, Cardinals will play Monday night at eight fifteen. So Monday night football. Um, slightly annoying that's not on the weekend, but you know we'll make do. Uh, so the Rams twelve and five, Cardinals eleven one. They each won a game uh, at each other's stadium. Um, the Rams are five and three at home. The Cardinals are eight and one on away, but they are coming off a um, you know not a great winning streak over the last you know six or seven weeks. Only one of five. Yeah, one of five since, and that was since the Rams, since the Rams game. And that's a bare, like a neat, like very, very close win against the Cowboys. So you know it's it's going to be a tough game. Um, the any way you see it, uh, you know, Kyle Murray's a threat. You know whether he's a you know throwing down the field threat, running threat. Um, you know they're. They they have so many weapons on the field. Um, I, it's just I, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where you know I'm I'm kind of concerned for us, especially in our safety position, because you know we we could possibly have one or two safeties out. Um, so I'm worried about them attacking you know uh, kind of the middle of the field. Um, 
And, you know, if, if they tie up Cooper Cup, if they if they get to where they were the first game where they, um, you know, it was Cup's only game in the regular season where he didn't have 90 plus yards, um, you know, that that could be detriment to us. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, so Hopkins is out, which definitely helps out. Um, it really, if we get Ramsey the shadow green and then you just put a linebacker and cornerback on Zach Ertz and you make the other guys just beat you one-on-one. I feel like that's a plan, a recipe for success against them on offense. And you just have our, uh, uh, our front or defensive line. Don't exactly pass rush heavy. Mm -hmm. And you just have the pocket enclosed. And we did a great job of this, the second game and you make Kyler Murray beat you with his arm. Yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's the way to go. Uh, just to give you just to give some stats to the to those who are out listening, Kyle Murray, um, you know, he's had 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, most of those interceptions actually, I think, came from home, which is a weird. It's also a weird stat. Uh, Matt Stafford has 41 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Their leading rusher is uh, James Conner with uh, 202 carries, 752 yards, 15 touchdowns. Um, and then Kirk with 77 receptions, 982 yards, and five touchdowns, which is way below Cooper Cup with his uh, 146 receptions, uh, 1,947 yards, and 16 touchdowns, our triple crown winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel, I, I believe that Cooper Cup has more yards than top three Saints wide receivers. <laughs> I. He- he has more than most. Stat. He has he has more than like four or five teams receivers combined. Like each one of those teams combined. Like he he is, it's unreal the number of uh, yards he has. Um, so what is so for the Rams to win? What do they need to focus on? Uh, against this uh, Cardinals team, I think the big thing is being able to run. And this is a game that you want to run in because I feel like we'll be able to outgain them by a good amount. You want to keep the ball out of Kyler Murray's hands. And when it's in his hands, you want to make them throw. And you want to eliminate A.J. Green and make him have to throw to his second and third. Make Kirk beat you. Make uh, Rondell Moore beat you. And if we can do that, I, I believe this should be a comfortable win by like a touchdown. I don't know if you want to call that comfortable, but um, we should be able to win this game. Uh, The Cardinals aren't a bad team, but I feel like their problem is that they just don't play defense as elite as they were in the first six weeks, and that's just been them in the butt. So with with the possibility of J.J. Watt coming back, do you think we're going to have any issues, um, you know, for them coming at of coming at our offensive line and making that those run plays. Uh no, I actually think that helps because I think that makes Sean McVay less likely to call like deep or long developing uh passing routes. And really that bit us in the butt our first match. It was those long bombs we were trying to do that just got intercepted that took the momentum completely out. When it's like medium routes and just running the ball like we did in the second uh, meeting for the most part, 
it 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 worked wonders and then you call it deep bomb later in the game whenever all the they're trying to stop the run completely you don't want to come out trying to do that so um just gotta play it like we did the second time and i feel like we will yeah i mean this is a banged up um arizona cardinals you know again other than our two safeties um that we've already talked about plenty of times the rams seem to be pretty healthy um you know on the arizona side of things there are three running backs uh jonathan ward chase edmonds um and james connor they're all still technically considered questionable um ward with a knee injury who didn't practice today as of thursday uh chase edmonds was um practice but in a very limited fashion and then even um james connor was held on thursday's practice so um again you know they plus they have a whole um other uh, other number of players who are either injured or questionable right now but um you know you know if the rams just keep pushing they don't make these they don't outplay themselves um you know I love seeing the deep balls. I think every fan loves to see a deep ball going 40, 50 yards and, you know, the receiver catching it. We just need to make sure we make those plays and we throw it deep. Um, and we, we make it so that it's not going to get intercepted. Um, if we can, if we can really limit the turnovers, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a win. And I think our offensive line needs to be played better than they did before. Cause again, I don't think Matthew Stafford had a bad game. I think he was just put too much, too much was being pressured on him because the offensive line just didn't always seem to be um, what they, what they have been the previous game. So um, I have full confidence in Matthew Stafford. I I want him to win this game. This would make his, give him his first playoff win. Um, We have the team, we have the all-star power. Um, You know, if there was a dream team, this is as close as I think the NFL is going to get, you know, we, we may be able to consider the bucks uh, who won the Super Bowl last year. Um, they had a pretty good dream team too, but um, this team feels like it's a special team. It is a team of one. They, again, we have all these players and we've talked about this weeks and weeks and weeks that, you know, were considered toxic and they aren't toxic. These is, this is a family who really wants to, wants to see themselves mm-hmm. play better than they are. Yeah, and if we can start to get hot now, if Stafford can shut up all the stupid analysts and show them that he can be clutch in these big games, I feel like we can go far in the playoffs. But he has to show that, and he hasn't shown that yet besides one or two games this season. And um, we'll we'll see if he can. We really will. Yeah, I don't need him to be a uh, a fourth uh, fourth quarter quarterback. I do. I don't. I don't need him to throw two, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I mean, obviously, if we're way way behind, yes, I need him to to do that. But um, but keep the game in front of you. Manage the game. Watch the clock. Get the get the ball down the field. Um, you know, let's stop running the ball three times in a row if it's not getting us anywhere. Um, manage your clock, manage your opportunity, stop playing so conservative. Um, you've the, I don't want the offense to be playing like they're playing defense. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. And if we win, uh, Sean McVay will, uh, he, he would have just proven like what a great hire it was for them to get him what was it? Uh, four years ago, yesterday, um, just five years ago. Sean McVay. Yeah, yeah. I think this. Yeah, this is five years ago today. 
Yeah, um, great hire, and we'll see if we win. Uh, we'll be 500 no matter what in the playoffs still. Uh, I hope that's another, not another Falcons game. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to have a fun pod next week if that's the case. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Um, if you guys want to send any questions and feedback to feedback at eastcoastrams.com or hit us up on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is ramfanashton1 and at Zach Mayer, hit my guy up. Uh, Zach, any other thoughts? No, I, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the playoffs. I'm ready for us to take it all the way to the Super Bowl. So hopefully we can, you know, come back on the pod next week and, you know, do some celebrations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zach, that historic Super Bowl run, we it starts Monday. And we're going to remember this pod and we're going to remember this run. And uh, they will keep us recording uh, weekly up till this, what, first weekend of February. Yeah, I think we're one month away, 30 days away, something like that from from the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Hope everyone has a great weekend. And go Rams. Go Rams.